she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid them. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabuni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and she told them that she had said these things to her. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Alleluia. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. You may be seated. Good evening. Let us pray. Holy God, help us to see that all of time is in your hands and that in your time you make all things new. Resurrection life beyond what we can understand. Seal our hearts with faith by your spirit. Amen. In the beginning. Can you believe that? There was a beginning. It's comforting, really, to think that we could go back to when it all started. Maybe by going back to the beginning, we could figure out where it all went wrong and how we got into this mess in the first place. What mess am I talking about? You name it. We've all got messes. Am I right? Places where life did not go as planned. Not only did it not go as planned, but it totally went off the rails. What's surprising, however, is that when we do go back to the beginning, we find that things were good, that they were very good. God made light, air, water, land, stars, birds, fish, animals, humans, and rest. 
and it was very good. And even when problems happened, God was there to provide and help us work through those problems. Take slavery, for example. God's people were enslaved in Egypt for decades, for a generation. But then God called on a very special person to lead the people into freedom and to throw off the scourge of oppression. And who was that special leader? Wrong. Miriam. Miriam. Moses' big sister, she was there when they took baby Moses and they cast him into the river to leave him for dead. And Miriam, the big sister, made sure that that basket found its way to the exact spot where Pharaoh's daughter liked to go to the river. And when she found the baby and went, oh my, a baby, it was Miriam who said, I know a Hebrew woman that could nurse this child. And that was her mother and her brother's mother. And Moses grew up. He learned a thing or two. God talked to him through the burning bush. And yes, you were right. Moses did lead the people to freedom, and Miriam made sure he did it right so that when the sea parted and the people walked through and they made it to the other side, it was Miriam who got out her tambourine and she led all the women, all the Hebrew women, to sing a song of celebration. And in case you didn't know, Miriam is the Hebrew word for Mary or Maria. Thank you for reading tonight. That was, a, that was some lecturing, right? One of the great privileges of having freedom and prosperity that God has given us is that we get to share it with others. Isaiah the prophet writes in chapter 55 of his book that so bountiful and wonderful are God's grace and what God has done for God's people that it's not going to go unnoticed. Nations will hear about it. They'll see it. And they'll come running from every corner of the globe to get in on God's grace and action. You shall call nations that you don't know, and nations that you don't know shall stream to you. Hmm. It can be overwhelming to consider all of the people that God brings into your life. Perhaps people can come to you with such needs that it can be overwhelming. When you are blessed and people come looking for help and guidance in God's grace. 
In fact, when people come to us looking for God's grace, they bring with them their own ideas, their own cultures, their own ways of doing things. And it can be kind of uncomfortable. I mean, think about poor old King Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. He thought he was doing the people a favor. He, in his mind, with his army, he was going there to liberate those poor backward people, to show them what true government was. And he brought them back to Babylon to teach them the right way to live in his great empire, the greatest of all time as far as he knew. And yet, despite King Nebuchadnezzar's best efforts, some of the people were just so stubborn. They wouldn't learn. In particular, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They just wouldn't worship King Nebuchadnezzar's golden statue. So the king had no other choice but to throw them into a fiery furnace and shoot them in the oven. But in their miracle and strangeness, they didn't die. They weren't even burned. It says that when they came out of the furnace, they didn't even smell like smoke. I already smell like a charcoal fire. The other day when the cold weather came back after we had that warm spell, our family decided that we'd have a little fire in our backyard. We all smelled like smoke for a week. We had to do laundry a couple times. How did they come out smelling like a rose? How come we don't experience the same level of protection and miracles? Paul tells us why in Romans. Paul says that if Christ died on the cross, even though he didn't sin, if we're baptized into his baptism, we're going to suffer things that we don't deserve either. We're going to experience the cross that Jesus didn't deserve. But Paul goes on to say that surely if we have been baptized into his death, then we have also been baptized into his resurrection. Why? Not because we earned it, not because we deserve it, but because we're saved by grace, through faith, and not by our works. So tonight, Bridget and Reagan, you will be baptized. You will be joined into this spiritual family of saints and sinners. We and you will all have been redeemed by God's grace. We're not a perfect bunch, but we are a bunch who knows the power of God's grace. Just like Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene was the first person to go to the tomb on Easter morning. You can imagine her, she stayed up late like us. She probably didn't sleep at all the night before. And when she got to the tomb, it was empty. That empty tomb make her feel sad, scared. Where was Jesus? 
She thought maybe his body had been stolen. She ran for help. The men didn't believe her. So they went and had a look for themselves. And then they ran home. But Mary stood there. She waited there at the empty tomb. She wasn't going to leave until she saw Jesus. And in the midst of her tears, angels explained to her what had happened. And then she saw Jesus, who was the one she wanted to see all along. She didn't even know it was him at first. Isn't it funny how long it takes us to accept the good things God does in our lives? Isn't it funny that we can't even see a blessing right in front of our face sometimes? But then Jesus speaks her name, Mary, or in Hebrew, Miriam. And she knows that it's him. She grabs hold of Jesus and she says, and he says, let go. Go, tell my brothers that I'm alive and that I'm going to my father and your father, to my God and your God. And that is the gift of salvation. Jesus isn't just our teacher. He isn't just our Lord. He's our brother. He makes us his sibling in baptism. We are adopted into God's family, and we become children of the Heavenly Father, inheritors of the divine promise, our Father, our God. Amen. Please stand if you're able as we sing our hymn of the day, Ubi Caritas, and I invite Reagan, Britton, and baptismal party forward.